Hey, girlfriend, and welcome to Candace Barber, the podcast. I'm your host, Candace. I'm a wife and mother to three beautiful children. I live by the quote, speaking your truth gives others permission to do the same. So this podcast has been created to share with you my truth and bring you beautiful women sharing their motherhood journey in a very raw and relatable way. I'm also here to help you to get to know yourself and teach you how to be a spiritual babe in the modern world. I'm a psychic medium, Reiki practitioner and life coach and I believe the key to happiness is truly understanding and loving who you are. I will be sharing with you what I know and what I've learned so far on my journey to self in weekly episodes called Thoughts on Thursdays. So with all that being said, let's jump into today's episode. Today's guest is a woman who's lived an incredible life so far, M. A lot of you know her as the founder of Social M, a business completely dedicated to help women build connection, thrive in their own business and dominate their social media game. But Em is also a wife, married to the man of her dreams, Jed, and a mother to three gorgeous girls, Isabella, London and Esme, who are 10, 7 and 5. My goal with speaking to Em was to uncover what FIFO life was like and to speak to her about her business because her motto is women supporting women and I'm all for that. But as we got chatting, I realized we were only going to scratch the surface of her story. I feel like the story of Em and Jed's life together is so beautiful, heartbreaking at times and inspiring that we could spend hours listening and learning from her. Em has taken an abusive, unloving childhood and gone and built a life of love within her own marriage, family and business. You can certainly tell when listening that everything that Em does is built on love. She's turned her life into something that we can all be in awe of and I know a lot of us can learn from her. So get comfy, girl. Because this story is going to leave you feeling all the feels. Em, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. How are you going? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Recovering from glandular fever, but I'm good. <laughs> I did see that, you poor thing. It's like over the New Year's Christmas period and um, worst time to be getting sick when it's the festive season. I don't know. Like Hubby and I were talking about it last night. We we're like, how have we gone 31 years of never hurting never heard of glandular fever and how serious it is we're like whereas everyone I've spoken to has known about it we've just been living in this oh really (laughs) (laughs) I remember in high school like it being known as like the kissing disease for some reason yeah but kids are carriers for it and only 50% of people are symptomatic so oh I didn't know that yeah obviously you know it now though I know it now (laughs) (laughs) oh you poor thing well I'm glad that you're getting better thanks now, we start off every episode um, asking guests the same question. I like to kind of leave it as a surprise if you don't already know it. So I love cooking and something that I share a lot on Instagram. So I'd like to know, what is your signature signature dish? Um, gosh. Well, I really only can cook like two things. And anyone that follows me will know that I <laughs> just don't cook. <laughs> um, but when I do cook, I love to cook um, either chicken fettuccine. Um, mm or um, pea and ham soup, which my nana taught me to do. So, and I still sometimes <laughs> screw it up. But, oh my goodness. Yeah. That's so cool. It's probably my favorite because it's so easy. Which one? Sorry, the fettuccine. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. That's, they're actually really good ones to know. Like pea and ham soup, so random, but I love with cooking that it can be passed down through generations. And I know that your nana is a very special woman to you. Yeah. Um, so that's really beautiful that you'll be able to pass that down to your children one day. 
Yeah, I can never get it to taste exactly right. I swear she didn't tell me an ingredient in purpose, but I'll still be able to pass it down. <laughs> oh, I'm the same. I remember like my nana used to show me how to cook when I was little and um, I can just, I don't know, I just they just seem to have this magic touch in the kitchen, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nanas are magic. Today, I'd love to have a chat to you about a couple of things, but the first thing I'd like to concentrate on is the fact that you live a fairly unique lifestyle. Um, I don't know a lot of FIFO mums, which is the fly-in, fly-out term. You and Jed have been living this lifetime lifestyle for quite some time now, and I just would like to know, how did you guys decide as a family that this was something that you were going to try out and make that decision to do? Yeah, I guess it kind of started after our second child. I mean, we had our first child, Isabella, quite young. We were, like, I was 19 when I fell pregnant, 20 when I had her. Yeah. Um, and we did, both of us didn't really have role models as parents. Um, so, yeah, we, we didn't really have financially role models. Um, and so we kind of just started having kids. Um, obviously, and we didn't prepare for the fact that like I would have to be out of work and we kind of just were like, you know, when you turn 18, got a credit card and maxed it out. And then, you know, like that was just our life. And we, we didn't know any different until we had our second child, um, and we moved to Mandra, which is where my husband is from. We previously lived in Kalgoorlie, which is in the desert. Um, money was so easily earned there because it's in mining. Um, and then moving to Mandra, um, we pretty much dropped, like I dropped my wage and Hubby dropped three quarters of his wage. So he was only getting a quarter of his wage of what we were getting. And like, it was to the point that we were like selling things in our house to pay for nappies and like to, you know, it just, it, it was just, we Like, but I swear we had to go through that. Like, and I'm a big believer in you go through things to learn. Um, And because we didn't have those role models, we went through it, we learned. And then, you know, um, obviously we made the decision, okay, well, we can't sustain this lifestyle. Um, You know, our car was going to get repossessed. It was so bad. And we were just like, just so young and naive I guess and it was just like a flick like something flicked and we were like okay we need to be responsible people we've got two little kids to raise and so we had to make the decision the heartbreaking decision because I went from having my husband who who worked two days two nights and had five off but was still home every day yeah um so yeah we had to make the decision for him to go FIFO um wasn't easy um but it was the only thing that we could, you know, get ourselves in front of. We had a goal um, and it was the only way forward, really. And in WA, there's not like, he's a diesel mechanic. So there's not a great deal of jobs locally um, or, you know, like, and like he said, he's like, why would I go and work for such a little amount when I can go away for two weeks, make double that, come home and have quality time? Yeah. Wow. That just blows my mind, Em, because anyone who knows you or knows your presence online knows that you are such a beautiful, strong woman who now has got this empire underneath her. To think that you have taught yourself that all by yourself just blows my mind. Like, how amazing is that? Yeah. And I think it was kind of like that mindset of like, I I got sick of my husband working away so much and seeing him come home so burnt. And I'm very career driven, like even from, you know, I was working from 11 years old. So I, 
was very career driven. And I, I knew having kids wasn't it for me. I was not a stay at home mom. Like I said, I don't like to cook. I don't like to clean. My nan has always said, Emma would rather pay someone to do that. <laughs> like earn the money to pay someone to do that. Like, I just think some people are domestic goddesses and some people aren't. And I wasn't, and it was in my mindset, right? Like I need to make something of myself, either go back to work or make a business. Yeah, if we weren't buying a house right now, he was, I mean, he was at the point at Christmas time, he was so done um, because I think the past, you know, I don't know if you recall, but in September, October, he took about three months off because of the Christmas gift guide and um, my Nana passing. And I just really needed, like, my job was more important than his right then. And I think having three months off, he realized and he said to me, he's like, I have missed out on all four of my women in my life growing up and that like you know was so emotional and I said to him look we've come this far we've come this far there is no point in leaving right now as we're building a home let's just wait and see what 2021 brings us because if COVID has taught us anything is that our words worlds can flip upside down in a second so second yeah and I think also confidence like I didn't have the confidence for him to quit. I was like, don't put that pressure on me. Like, don't like, you're my security blanket. Don't put that on me yet. Like I'm not, I'm not there yet. It's so crazy to hear you say that because I just look at you and see so much incredibleness, like, like potential that you've not even reached yet. Like it's crazy. You've got like, like it's a community that has all this like adoration for you. And you're like, don't put that on me yet. I think a lot of us can relate to that. <laughs> I just don't see myself as being that person. It sounds crazy, Candice, but I just, I don't know, like, I was, like quite a few of my followers will say to me, I love how humble you are. Like, no matter what you've done, you just remain that first person you were when you first started. And it, it, it really has stuck because, yeah, I just, I betray that everything is going great. But, you know, obviously I'm a small business owner just as much as anyone yeah. and we're all worried about the next month. So, uh, yeah, I just, I, that's nerve wracking to know that I would be supporting the family and is, it is our goal. But I think I just need a little bit more under my belt before I can yeah. <laughs> do that. I, um, I only found you with the Christmas guide. And the thing that blew me away initially when seeing you is that, A, you replied to my DM and I'm this tiny little Instagram account and you were so sincere and genuine and I could feel that from you instantly. And you just genuinely love helping women. And we'll talk about this in a little in, um, in a little while, but you are just such an incredible person. And I love that you're building this empire of yours to not only help others and be in service, but to bring your family together and have Jed home, which is just absolutely amazing. And I think that um, by doing this and all that you've done, you have now become those incredible parents and role models for your children as well, which is amazing. Yeah, I guess um, that's really important to me is, you know, I didn't really, growing up in Kalgoorlie, you don't really get an option as to what you want to do career-wise. Like it, you're kind of just thrown into mining. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been to um, Kalgoorlie before. My ex was um, working there and it's it's a very small place. It is, it is. It's, it's either retail or mining and there's no in-between. So I love the fact that I'm teaching my girls that they can be independent women, which is something that's so strong to me. 
And just while we're on that subject, how far away is, is it Mandara where you, Mandra, yeah. Mandra, sorry. How far away from Kalgoorlie is that? Cause Kalgoorlie, you've actually got to f- pretty much catch a flight inland to yeah. the super pit. So how far away? From- yeah. yeah. So, um, well, Kalgoorlie is six hours from Perth and then we're an hour on the coast from Perth. Okay. So you're much closer. About seven hours. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. So with the decision with making this FIFO journey, when I put it out to my followers about what questions I'd have for a FIFO mum, a lot of people wanted to know how you did adjust to that. So being so young and having two children at home, how did you adjust to, to Jed living this new lifestyle or this new career? Um, it was fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> like it honestly is. And as much as like I had friends who were in that lifestyle, like, you know, they'd been doing it. And as much as they prepared me for like, a lot of them actually tried to talk me out of it. They're like, don't do it. It is hard. Don't do it. Once you're in it, you're trapped. And obviously because a lot of people see the money that, you know, FIFO can produce. So they get stuck there or they may, you know, will adjust their lifestyle to that budget and then can never get out. So um, it was hard. Um, I remember honestly the first 12 months of it was just me crying a lot like you know I think I was yeah I was 25 I had three no I was like younger than that because yeah I was 24 I think 24 and I had two kids and I was pregnant oh with Esme yep wow. well, I was just before I was pregnant either one of the two that I just started pregnancy or yeah um and it was hard. Like I remember having Esme, like she was a high risk pregnancy. Um, I remember, you know, going to the hospital saying I've got some stomach pains and they're like, your appendix have ruptured and you're pregnant. Baby's oh not going to survive. Like all of this going on by myself Oh my gosh! and two kids, you know, with me at the hospital because I didn't have any family support. When we moved to Mandra, we had my husband's sister, but she was a nurse. So she was a nurse up in Perth. So, you know, it wasn't really able to help um and then after um I had Esme I was diagnosed with cervical cancer and so then I had to have a hysterectomy all while my husband then took a job in Africa Africa yeah so yeah it was just it's lonely is all I can say is it was and it just makes me tear up now because it was lonely I remember those first two years as just being like I don't want to live anymore. It's so hard. Why did I marry the love of my life and I can't be with him? Why did I have kids when I can't raise them with him? But we didn't have any choice. We stupidly put ourselves into this much debt. Yeah. And we wanted to set our girls up. Like we said to them, like, you know, we didn't have anyone to help with our wedding. We had to get a loan to pay for our wedding. We, we didn't have anyone to help. And I guess that's why, you know, we're all 30 years of age before we finally were able to buy a house. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we said we wanted our kids to come to us and say, mum and dad, it's our wedding. Can you help us out? Or, you know, we wanted to be those stable parents and that was our goal. And we just, the main thing is just to main, remember what you're going into this for, because it can become, you know, you can buy nice things to help with the pain right there and then, but it, just stops it. it you know it doesn't stop it um, yeah. and I guess having really good support like I had to really lean on some new friends like because I didn't have friends here when I moved um 
I had to rely on new friends. Um, and I guess once the kids started school, it was a little bit easier because I could make friends easily enough. When I first moved here, like I literally messaged a girl and she's still one of my best friends. Um, I messaged her off Facebook, off a group um, thing. Like someone else posted, hey, I'm new to Mandra. I have two kids. I need to make friends. And she commented going, hey, I'm new. I've got kids the same age. And I actually like was stalking them all going, who would be someone I could be friends with? <laughs> and my dad. <laughs> yeah. And I remember replying, like mess, private messaging Ash going, hey, I'm also new to Mandra. Would you be happy to meet up with me? And we just honestly clicked, like we call each other wombies because we Aww. swear we were born in the same womb because we have so much in sync. But if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't have survived. Like, and she had done, her husband had done FIFO when she first met him. So it was, you know, they, they were used to it. But for me, I wasn't. Um, and it was so hard. But rewarding in a fact that we reached our goal, we got debt free. Um, you know, it helped, it allowed me to set myself up. Um, you know, if my husband, if he, my husband wasn't doing FIFO, I wouldn't have been able to financially sit here for five years and bust my ass into my own business. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not the easiest thing to do. And, um, like they say, jump into, you know, FIFO Facebook groups. I had to leave them because it was all just like, oh, my husband's cheating on me with someone. Oh my I'm God. Or it was just so depressing. And I'm in the mindset of, when I think negative, I have to change it. Like I've got to be positive. Yeah. And it just brought me down. So yeah, it, it was very lonely and isolating and you have to ask for help. I just want to thank you for being so raw and honest because I follow a few FIFO mums and you do see the more glamorous side of it, not necessarily the money, but they do obviously try and show that like, you know, when their husbands are home, they spend a lot of quality time together and, and whatnot. And they don't show a lot of the downs. And I wasn't aware of how lonely it can be. And I just want to say thank you because when I did tell my, my Instagram fam that there was a beautiful woman coming on to talk about this, a few people messaged me and were just like, we couldn't do it. We had to stop after the baby was born or something like that. And I never really understood, like I wasn't sure about what make them to make that decision. But after speaking to you, I really appreciate you being so raw with that. I mean, the amount of times, like honestly, I've lost count of the amount of times that I would find myself in my wardrobe hiding from my kids and just crying because you think of those days where like you think of, um, you know, a hard day that you've had with your kids and they've yeah. just completely worn you out. You know, I would go like four weeks was where, like he started off on four on one. So I would go oh, four God. weeks of no one, no yeah. one holding me, no one giving me a kiss at the end of the day to say, it's fine, babe, tomorrow's a new day. No one at all. And I had three t toddlers and then when he went to Africa, he was gone for six months at a time. Six and months. Yeah. Mm. So it's, it, it, yeah, I can't, like, the money is great, but you have to have a goal because it is not a lifestyle you can stay on. Yeah. Um, I mean, now even, like we said, we want to bring him home, but, like, we've been looking at local jobs and, like I said, it's there's not a great deal around. Yeah. So we're even considering doing, like, week on, week off because – although he's not going to be home with me, but it's just a whole week of having them home is so much better than a weekend. Oh yeah. I don't have FIFO, but my husband has worked or just, he's only literally starting his new job on Monday. He's done eight years of night shift 
And um, people don't quite understand that, like, I didn't have to go through it fully alone, but I would have nights where I'd have two of my children crying at once and it would just be me. And then it would be me in the morning because he had to sleep. Like, I could wake him up if I wanted to. And it can be quite lonely when you don't live a normal lifestyle, when you don't have that nine to five and all that family support around you. And I do believe also, too, that sometimes, I mean, I'm 32 and we're still, um, you know, we are trying to build ourselves up for our dream outcome. You know, I'm trying to build my own business and my husband's just changed jobs. So um, sometimes I sit there and I go, why did we have to walk this path? Because it has been quite hard for us financially at times as well. But at the same time, like I heard you say before, like it has molded me and Kyle and our family into who we are today. And even though it can be really frustrating looking back and going, look at all the darkness that there was there at times, I would never change it for a moment now because of what is to come and what is happening in our family now. Yeah, 100%. And I think also, like, it's so much more rewarding when you can say, we did that. We did that. No No one helped us. us. We did that. And I mean, walking in and paying pretty much cash for our block of land at the end of last year, like... Everyone said to us, oh, you'll never, you'll never, like, you know, you'll never be able to do it. And walking in and paying cash and we were just like, that has been 10 years of slogging our asses out. Oh, yeah. And, I and that's why we just did the photo shoot, you know, so we could show the kids, like, because everyone's like, why are you doing a photo shoot on an empty block of land? And I'm like, because I want to show the girls that that was a year mum and dad, you know, had everything had come together. Yeah. And it's so much more rewarding when it's, you've done it. And yeah, like we've had the darkest of darkest of shit, you know, it's been horrible. But yeah, I'm so thankful that we didn't ask for help. Well, we didn't really have anyone to, you know, offer it. But yeah, we now know we never want a loan in our life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, screw that, guys. After all that hard work. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense now, um, not that anyone shouldn't be excited about like, you know, because you've recently bought another car and um, you named her and you're like very personal about that and how excited you are. It does make a lot more sense now because it's like, it's it's not about the money where the house is, it's the pride. Like we did this, like this is the yeah. goal and look what we've done. Yeah. Well done. I mean, that car has honestly been our dream car since we first met as 17 year old kids. Like, <laughs> oh my we gosh. That. And we were like, we are never going to be able to afford that car. So to walk in there and be like, my business is buying that as our car, like that was just, I know it's like, it could be perceived as, you know, um, gullible, but it's not like I earned that. No, not at all. Um, Because, you know, people can often be, I I feel like even like these days, it's like almost taboo to show off, not even show off, but like to share your accomplishments financially. But sometimes when you are, like you know building these things it's not how much it costs it's the fact that that's what it represents to you not necessarily yeah. that the cost the proudness, of it. yeah yeah it's amazing um so i'd like to know when jed comes home and then he he comes you know goes away to work again how do you adjust do you have like a ritual or anything that you do or do you just kind of like he's home he's not home um, I remember uh, when we first started FIFO and I was seeing a um, psychologist at the time, um, not for marital problems, it was from my childhood abuse, which I talked about in my journal and stuff before. Um, I was at like, you know, a really dark part of my life and saw a psychologist. And I remember the psychologist saying to me, 
um, if you're going to do a FIFO life, you need to, when your husband comes home, drop all routine and make him feel like he's just slotted back in. Yeah. And I was just like, what? No, because like I like a routine in the mornings and, you know, like I like that stuff, but it made sense because I was seeing FIFO marriages falling apart around me. You know, a lot of friends were up and down in their marriages or leaving their husbands. And it was all because they were complaining that when they came home, their husbands weren't doing this or they weren't doing that, or, you know, they weren't getting a break. And I'm like, but you're expecting him to just slot back in like a child into your routine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like we, from the get go, and to me, when he is home for that week that he used to have off, that was precious time. Yeah. Like, my kids would miss a day of school every day he came home. Bad parenting right there. But I was like, <laughs> Not at all. they're just as excited as I am. Like, Definitely. you know, I, I want them to drive to the airport to get him. Like, yeah, like it, it, you just drop everything and just be present as a family. Um, and although maybe um, it would leave me with a shit show when he went back, but I, we kind of then quickly learned right the last day that he is home we clean up the house so he's not leaving me it's stress and anxiety filled yep. because you know all the chores were kind of pushed dropped. aside yeah yeah so we would clean the house the last day he was home and um but everything else was you really have to be present to maintain that relationship and make sure you have a date night like every time he's home we like he comes home for two weeks now at a time um at before it was just weekly so we would only go out for dinner um and then once a month we would do like a staycation just a like hotel stay just me and him yeah um it's so important to establish the relationship of wife and husband before kids yeah as well as a family because yeah you as the wife that stays home and the husband that goes away are both very lonely and you just need that time to connect to connect again yeah, I could I could imagine. I think I see you a couple of weeks ago on Insta. Um, I think you were hanging out the washing and just saying how like you were so upset that he had gone. And I remember watching that and thinking, I really love that you allow yourself time, allow yourself space to feel how you're feeling, whether it's about um, Jed or anything else. And I really admired that you shared that as well. Um, and like you had a recent staycation at is it. It was an island summer, wasn't it? Oh, Rottnest Island. Rottnest yeah. Island, yeah. And I just yeah. thought that was amazing. And you were there without your children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. special. We, we always do one family holiday with the kids a year and then one on our own. I mean, that didn't start until our youngest was two. Um, but oh, just honestly, it's so good. Like, if you haven't noticed, I'm kind of obsessed with my husband. Like, I yes, love, you are. <laughs> I love him. Um. But I think it's just because of the way he makes me feel when he's home. Like I feel so, so supported. Yeah. And so when he goes, he leaves this massive hole with me and the girls. Like Because I'm the shit parent. Like me my too. girls hate me. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> like Esme, my youngest, is the only one that's still obsessed with me. The other two are just like, oh, oh mom. Barking orders again. Whereas when dad comes home, he's the cool parent. So he leaves a massive hole. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's very important to have, um, time with your husband. Does it get easier over time? It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, if you had have asked me that a few years ago, I would say no, 
um, but like this is what our seventh year I think in it now. Um, there was hard times when he was obviously in Africa, you know, I could go a week without talking to him. Um, mm. Then I'd get a phone call like saying he's in hospital and they think he's got HIV. Like it's oh just. Oh my God. There was some really, really, really hard times. Um, but it's kind of, I think also I've kept myself busy with the business. Yep. Um, like I needed something for me. Otherwise I would just be that sad wife at home that's got kids at school. And, you know, I needed something to occupy me. And, and I guess what people don't realize is my business. Yes. You know, it's successful now, but it's actually what saved me. Yeah. Um, because I was so lonely and I started this just to talk to people, just to talk to women. And that's essentially what my business has now become profitable off is just building a community of strong women that just need one another. To answer the question, it does get easy. If you have things in place like spending quality time, relying on support, filling your time up with things. Like if I swear to God, if I didn't have this business, I'd be in a mental institute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't deal with kids all day in and out. <laughs> no, neither can I. I often, I often joke that I'm missing the mum gene. Like I'm a mum of three. I love my kids, but I just like, I can't be a stay at home mum. I can't be around them all the time. And I oddly I respect mums who are like that, yeah. but it's always been part of me that I need something for myself. And I actually started my business um, oh God, what year is it now? In 2019, at the very end of 2019, because I had postnatal depression with my second child, Kyla. And it did my business save me too. Um, and so I can understand how you feel about that. It's just something that, you know, not only does it fill your own cup up, you're doing something towards the family, you're using your time productively and it's a distraction as well for how you are actually feeling sometimes because you're being of service to other people. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean like you said, as much as we love our kids, they're just doing the same thing every day. Just more mm. appealing to me. I needed something to stimulate my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I could imagine, imagine as well, your relationship, your marriage is probably stronger than most that you know, because you would have to work so much at staying connected when you're so far apart as well. Yeah. I mean, the, for the first few years, it was kind of, um, you know, like, honestly, the amount of times I threw my ring at him and said we were getting a divorce. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, you know, is out of pure loneliness. Yeah. And communication is the most important thing in a marriage when you're doing FICO. Like, it's, well, it's important in any marriage. But, like, if, you know, like the other night I was talking to him and I hadn't spoken to him all day because he was in the pit, so he had no signal and I just had a shit day at work. Like it was just back to back appliance. And I just had a, had a shit day. Had enough. And I just um, got off the phone to him. We chatted, but because we were both so exhausted, I like, we just, we're just sometimes, some days it's just like, Hey, how's your day? Shit. Okay. Love you. Have a good night. And then I just texted him and I was like, I just need you to say something nice. I just, mm. I need you. Can you just say something nice? And then he'd send like a paragraph back saying, what he loves about me and he can't wait to see me. And, you know, that, that like as much as like, and he, cause I would quite often say to him, I don't feel loved. Like, and coming from a childhood where I didn't get told I was loved and was abused. That is a very important thing to me. Mm. Um, And he knew it, but as you get into the marriage and have more kids, it kind of distance out a little bit. 
Um, so someone said to me, you have to just tell him he's a man, just tell him like, he's trying to make you happy, but he doesn't know what you want. Yeah. Um, and I, so ever since then, I've just told him what I want. Like, he's like, I'm not the type of person that will plan a romantic dinner. He's like, but if you tell me to make a reservation, I'll make a reservation. He's like, I don't think like that. I just yeah. don't think like that. But, uh, you know, so we've just quickly learned over the years to communicate what we need. Yep. And the other one will fill our cup up. I feel like your life is like talking to you. I can resonate so much with parts of your life. I mean, I'm not sure what the abuse was as a child, but my mum, my love language is like words of affirmation and physical touch. And my mum's is gift giving. So my mum and dad are quite wealthy. So she's always just given me stuff. People would look at me and go, oh, you're so lucky. But I never got those, that, that touch and that the words and the quality time, which are like my top three. Yeah. So when I came into a relationship with Kyle and he was like, you know, we were getting serious and looking at getting married. I really had to open up to him and tell him like, I need this from you. Mm. And especially when Kyla we were going through the postnatal depression with me, my psychologist said the same thing to do. Like, you just need to tell him what you need. It doesn't mean that he loves you any less or not doing it out of genuine, genuine anything. But like, for instance, for Valentine's Day, I said to him, I want to celebrate Valentine's Day this year, like the other day. And I said, so how about I organize Valentine's Day and you do our anniversary? Like, can you just do something special to make me feel like a princess? And like, I know it can sound corny that you have to say that to them, but they don't know. No, they don't. They don't. And even like my husband said, he's like, he's like, oh, you just, he's like, I don't want to fuck it up. He's you like, can't. I know you want something <laughs> romantic. He's like, but I don't want to fuck it up. So if you tell me what you want, I'll make it happen. And you know, like when we went to Rotnest, I was like, I hope you've booked us a dinner. And he was like, yep, I'm on it. <laughs> Done it. <laughs> yeah, it's, like why go through life having this grudge against things that you're not getting? Yeah, I agree. When you can just use your words to communicate. And that's where a lot of like I found marriages were breaking down because like my girlfriends would message me and be like, my husband just doesn't do this or doesn't do this and doesn't do this when he comes home. And I'm like, but what does he do? And maybe if you just tell him that if you do that, then I will have sex with you. Yeah. Or if you do that, it makes me feel loved. Like, I'm like, why are you holding back what it is you want? I'm like, I'm all about the love languages at the moment. Like I've been reading the book for, I've been trying to read it for the last two months to be completely mm. honest, but my toddlers just keep come and talk to me but it's that is the thing like a lot of men have physical touch as their love language so that usually you know manifests into having sex and being loving but a lot of women that's not always their top love language so it might be the quality time or the words of affirmation and if they fill up your cup you're going to want to fill their cup up too so um yeah yeah Yeah. and it sounds like you guys do that really well with each other it hasn't come easy, but like, you know, we celebrated our 13 years. We've been together 13 years yesterday. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> and I feel like it's only really like, you know, like obviously we loved one another. We, we absolutely adore and love one another. But when you first have kids, it's just a bit shit. Like, yeah. It's so oh, yeah. On them. And I really feel like in the last couple of years, we've kind of just, you know, got back to Emma and Jed again. Yeah. And you can see that too. You posted a photo from your last event that you had, by the way. Can you please hurry up and come to Melbourne? Because I desperately <laughs> want to come to these events. 30th of April. Yes. The borders are open. The damn border. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> um, you, you posted a photo and you were cuddling him and you look like a schoolgirl. Like it was just so freaking cute. Yes. 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 And um, 
um because the i was up on stage talking and i was getting overwhelmed and um doing my speech about my nana mm. and eve's like you should be up there and he's like whoop up he comes <laughs> Oh, and then so in the photos he just looks like this absolute romantic guy you know saving the day and he's yeah. like i made him do that <laughs> take the credit jed don't just be like no she didn't yeah, yeah that's what he said he's like no she didn't she just said i should <laughs> <laughs> oh that's really beautiful um so when he's away how do you manage being like the solo parent so you're obviously um not a solo mum, but you are alone with parenting when Jed is away. How do you manage that with the kids? Do you like tell them when you're having a shitty day or do you have like a strict routine? Like what's, how do you manage it? Um, I would say in the last year, it's been a little bit different, you know, um, for other, um, my kids are obviously like what, 10, seven and five now. So they're a little bit older. So having a routine of chores, um, my eldest who's 10 had to really, pick up the slack as at a young age, you know, she couldn't just be a kid. I needed someone, I needed help. Um, So she's kind of become a little mother hen. Um, But again, having like chores and things that they have to get done every day was really important because I was, it was all just left to me. Um, When they were like littler, it was really hard. Um, I found just like, escaping making sure I escaped the house once a day like I would go to the gym in the morning just to have that hour break because like I said I didn't have the support I hated the fucking gym but I'd go stand (laughs) on a treadmill and listen to a podcast all day for an hour while someone else looked after my kids yeah for free you know so um finding ways to get out of the house and then you know I would go to a park afterwards and wear them out so by the afternoon you know they're not running around the house driving me nuts um finding things to just get through each day um, and definitely routine. Like I don't have such a routine now. I mean, I'm trying to make it so that I don't work after three o'clock, um, but it's a little bit harder when you have your own business. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I think just having some sort of routine is definitely important um, when you've got kids. I think that when you have children, I'm the oldest of six kids and I had to grow up very quickly because mum wanted to have a big family. And at times it was a little bit of a like, oh God, but I love the fact now that I was able to have like a really heavy hand in raising my siblings. Like my little sisters who are 16 now, I was 16 when they were born and they used to call me mum because I was so, so much involved. And then one day they fell over and ran to mum, which was me. And mum's like, that's enough. You're the sister. You're not being called mum anymore. <laughs> so even though it has its like downsides, I think it's really beautiful that your daughter's actually learning this at a young age and she's going to be an amazing mum from seeing. Oh, everything. She like honestly loves kids. Like I remember having Esme um, and she was only like six weeks old and Bella, how old was Bella? She would have been five. And um, Jed and I woke up and it was like nine o'clock in the morning and we're like, what the fuck? The baby hasn't been fed. <laughs> I woke up and there's Bella. She's made a bottle in the microwave. She has fed it to Esme, burped her and put her back in her rocker. And oh we had God. no idea because we were so sleep deprived. <laughs> and she's like, we just got up and there she's in the lounge room, just rocking her with the, like a little foot. Aww. And we're just like, bless her. She just goes, it's okay, mama. Oh my gosh. I want, I want an Isabella. 
because she yeah. can tell us. <laughs> we were like, you can't do that. She's like, mama, I know how, I know how. So then we, we kind of just like made sure that she didn't use the microwave, obviously. We left things on the bed and we were like, if you, we, we will carry her out so you can feed her, not you carry a six-week-old baby. We made it a little bit easier, but she was so very much wanted to be hands-on. Oh, that is so beautiful. That is so beautiful. They sound like exceptional little kitties though. Wow. Yeah, uh, I mean, Bella's kind of going through the pre-teenage at the moment, and I'm like, oh god. Yeah. I, only have, I only have one girl. I've got two boys and one girl, and the, my boys are both pretty pretty easy going. My oldest one just never stops, but he's easy going. But my Kyla, who's nearly, she'll be two in April. She's full of sass, mate. I'm so scared about my pre-teen years with her. Yeah, she's like I'm reincarnated. I think three girls, like they're going to be 18, 16 and 14. Oh, mate, you're in trouble. And then they're all going to fight with each other. (laughs) It's like, thank God you've had a hysterectomy. So then three of them bleed and you're not going to be bleeding with them. And I'm like, thanks, mate. Yep. (laughs) At least you're not all going to be in sync with one another. (laughs) My mom and my sisters are in sync. And like, there's just a week in that house where you do not call them and you do not go there because they are three really bold personalities like me. And you just don't want to be caught up in that. Yeah, and that's what Isabella is now. Like, she is pushing every single button and boundary. And, like, I mean, I got my period TMI at 10 years of age. And, like, so I feel like she's not far off it. Like, she's oh, getting pimples yeah. and she, the mood swings. Like, one minute she'd be crying. Next minute she's biting my head off. Oh, then and she wants like, you. <laughs> yep. And I feel like it's not far away. And I'm like, oh my God, what is like, I feel like I'm only 30. I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? I, I got my period at nine and I remember coming home to mum and being like, I think I'm dying. And then mum had to give me this discussion about like babies and periods. And I was like, oh God. So yeah, I understand it. And a nine-year-old or 10-year-old, you know, getting boobs and periods. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I don't even know how, I don't can't even comprehend my children being 10. It feels, and it happens so much younger nowadays, like mm. so much, everything. I think now that they've separated year seven into high school, I feel like everything is just happening so quick. So quickly. That is yeah. insane. So with all this going on, you have built this incredible business and you've said that you built it because you needed something for yourself. However, you are an amazing woman and I've never met or seen anyone online actually really mean the women supporting women. You have a podcast called Women Supporting Women Too and I'll leave all the details of how to get hold of you in the show notes below. But you just genuinely, I've never known someone to just take the time out of their day, no matter how big or small someone's account is or whatever it is. And I've done that six figure course with you, which PS you guys need to do because it's amazing. I've learned so much about social media. Where, where did this come from to just want to just pour your heart out to anyone who, who needs you? Because it's, that's what it feels like you do. It, uh, yeah, it is. It, it really is. But I think it, like, I kind of don't see it like that way. Like I don't see it as a chore or like um, quite often I'll get DMs and I get a lot of DMs, like insane amount. Um, and they'll say, oh, I don't know who's responding to this or who's opening this or I don't know if M reads this or, um, you know, like, is this M's team or is this M? Like, and I'm like, I reply to every single one and I'm like, you know, I, I wake up in the morning, I'll have my morning coffee, I spend an hour and a half answering DMs, then on my lunch break, I'll answer DMs and then in the evening from 7 to 10 p.m., I'll answer DMs. So I have to actually allocate time now to yeah. just to tackle that. But 
I feel like that is what's made my business successful is that I actually give a fucking shit. You do. Um, like I'm not, like I don't just talk the talk. I also walk the walk and I want women to thrive. And um, I don't know, I think I thrive off that. Like I absolutely love when other people make something of themselves and I don't know, like I've, like I've had some pretty shitty friendships and had some pretty like, you know, a bad business deal and some, you know, bad things that I just see the good. And I don't know, I, I, I don't know, like my husband will say, I wear my heart on my sleeve and a lot of people take advantage of that. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, other people don't. So I, I think it's just, I don't know, it's just who I am. And I love that that's who I am. And yeah, I love to see women thrive and not just say it. Yeah. And I really feel that with you too. And I think anyone who's had any contact with you, like even with your six figure course, like I was a bit apprehensive about you're very involved with that. So it, it was like it's eight weeks. I know I always get confused yeah. whether it's six, it's eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> My baby brain is still present. Um, yeah, it's, it's eight weeks. And I just thought it was going to be a Facebook group and, you know, you would see you every fortnight on the Zoom call and that will kind of be it. But you actually really take a lot of time and put a lot of effort into that course. And any questions on the Facebook group, you would answer. And I was just blown away by how much you care about people and their success as women and business owners. And your Facebook group is just absolutely amazing. So when you are in your zone with your business what's what's your long-term vision for what you do um good question um i think the last sip and socials we did in um november in perth um which was double the amount of any show we've done you know that was 350 women i think um and at the very beginning of that Um, when I was doing my speech, I said, please raise your hand if you've come here alone. And about 90% of the room raised their hands. Mm. And I seriously could have just cried because uh, the the amount of people that stepped outside their comfort zone to come here and meet other people in the same industry, because the thing is, you know, it wasn't until I did my tour and until I got recognised, you know, when I won my um, national award, that school mums would take me seriously. Um, they didn't, they just thought it was a hobby. You know, they didn't understand that my business was making money. They didn't care to ask. They just didn't actually give a shit. And so to actually put all of these women who were feeling the exact same, you know, that they couldn't ask school friends or tell them how they were like, until I met Eve, who actually had my back and wanted me to thrive, and because she was in this industry, I was just like, wow, there is actually some decent people left in this world. Yeah. And that is what I wanted to put together in a room. And the amount of people that sent messages afterwards going, I was so afraid to come alone, but you never made it like that. And every single woman there was there to make friends and was so welcoming. Like, like I've been to so many networking events and you honestly just stand in a corner with your two or three people that you do know and you don't talk to anyone else. Yeah. But these events encourage women to talk to one another and step outside that comfort zone. And that's my goal is to just keep projecting that and building on that because I feel like there isn't anything in Australia that does that. Mm. Um, 
you know, there's like, you know, Facebook groups and things like that, that are great, but it's like, how do we really support these women who actually want to make something of themselves or can ask stupid questions that they think are stupid, but aren't stupid questions, you know, like, how do I set up a pixel or how do I do this? Like your school friends aren't going to know how to do that, you know? Um, So yeah, I think that's just my goal is just to continue. And I feel like I'm achieving it. Like I'm getting there. Oh yeah. Two or three years ago, there was no such thing as women supporting women. And it was just a dog eat dog world on Instagram. Like if you dare copy someone else, like you would just get so much hate and you know, like, it was just a bitchy world. And now it's like, you know, people are collaborating that do the same thing. Yeah. Um, People are talking and helping, giving them suggestions and ideas of how they do things. Like it's just, yeah, I feel like that barrier is coming down and that when that is achieved and I can continue to do that on a national level is what my goal is. I love that about you too, because like, until I had done your course, I was really scared to say out loud and I'd have to like preference by saying something, oh, like I don't want to be like this. But I was scared to call myself an influencer. Like I was scared to say, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to build because I was so scared that someone was going to be like, like, you know, oh my God, she's just trying to do X, Y, and Z. But you gave me the confidence because you're like, if that's what you want to do, own it. Like don't yeah. just hide behind, like don't hide. And the thing is, is, I understand when you say about when the school mums don't recognize this, because like my own family don't really take my social media presence um, seriously, or a lot of my friends, because they just see this like this whimsy. I don't even know what, what they, why they don't take it seriously, but they don't. And it's really hard when I hear you saying that you allocate time to DMs, because I get between 700 to 1000 DMs a week. And like my account is only very small, it's only like 3000 or so people. And to hear you even just saying that you have to allocate time makes me feel so much better about myself because I feel like I'm wasting time on my phone and being part of your community. And I'm sure that many others feel the way that I do feel like we aren't alone. And it's almost like you're giving women permission to stand up, to be like, you know what, if you want to be home or you want to do this business and you just do it. And I love how you've created that space. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that makes me so happy. I mean, I spoke to a lady yesterday on a consult and she was like, I've spent all this money on this stock and I've started the business. She's like, but I've stopped. And I'm like, but why? And she was like, my friend who started the business with me left because she said it was just not what she thought it was. And she goes, and all of our family thinks we're a joke. And I'm like, so you're letting them win instead of making something of yourself. So what if you fail? They're still going to think the exact same of you, but what if you succeed? Yeah. Prove all of them wrong. Exactly. I was like, if you use that in the other way, like you just have to put those fears aside because there's so much room to succeed. hundred percent. And there's room for everybody. Yes. Yeah. Cause one thing that I've heard you say somewhere, it might've been in our course or maybe listening to your podcast or somewhere I've listened to you a lot that, you know, we, you can't fake your authenticity. So someone could go and replicate exactly what you're doing but they would never be you because yeah. there's only one of your essence and your light and that's, they can't take that from you. Yeah. And people notice that like, I will always say I am not for everyone. Like yeah. I swear I don't wear office attire and <laughs> don't wear makeup on stories. I'm a mum. Like I am not the typical, you know, digital marketing person. Like I'm not that person and that's okay because 
I'm not trying to appeal to everyone. I'm trying to appeal to my niche. Yeah. Um, but at first I was like, I felt like I had to betray myself to be that person. And I was like, and then the minute I just dropped those barriers and stayed who I was, people could see that. Yeah. And you said too, like to celebrate the unfollows because it just means you're getting closer to your niche audience too. Yeah. Yeah. Like honestly, the amount of people that I turn away each week to work with, like I'll have electricians or builders and, and I'm like, I don't want to work with you. Yeah. It's money. Sure. But I, would I be happy? No. no. Yeah. No. And it's betraying not who I am. Yeah. You gotta do what lights you up. And especially because your business is like one of your pillars that holds you up when your husband's away you need to be doing what you love and what lights you up. Yeah. And I mean, if I started sharing builders or electricians on my stories, like you women be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Who, who are these people? <laughs> yeah. I would become just like somebody else and I don't want to do that. Yeah. You've got to find your niche and stay in that niche. As we round this up, I would love for you to give the number one piece of advice for anyone who's listening to this, who's got an Instagram account that they or a business that they are trying to grow or thinking about doing it, what would your, your advice be for them? Um, I think pretty much the key message throughout this has just been to stay true to who you are and not care about, I mean, as much as you say not care about, like it's honestly taken me a good six years to get to that point to not give a shit about what people think. Um, but have that goal and be so driven to succeed at that goal that you will stop at nothing to get there. Yeah. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. You, you know, you cannot do this alone. No one can do it alone and no one has done it alone. All the, you know, hugely successful businesses that are on Instagram that you would, you know, envy to be like aren't alone and didn't do it alone. Um, so reach out and ask for help and, especially from the women in this industry. And I guess the only other thing would be to do your market research. What is out there and where can you slot yourself in and be different? And I think that when Em opens up her course again sometime this year, it would be an incredible thing. It's it's not that much of an investment, if I'm going to be honest. Like for what the value you put in it, the price is too low, if I'm going to be completely I honest. <laughs> I know, but see, I struggle to price. I struggle to charge a lot of money because again i'm i think too much about you know what other people think in that aspect is like i know myself um four hundred dollars you know when you're first starting out is a big investment it is and um yeah i know i struggle with that yeah. <laughs> my, my team are constantly saying price rise and i'm like no 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 I can't do it. and I can't again do it. i know my customer which is small business women yeah. yeah. And I love that. So yeah, your course, when, cause when I've heard you talk about market research before we started the course and that scared the shit out of me. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know how to do market research, but you break everything down so easily and so eloquently in your course. Um, so I would highly suggest anyone who is wanting to pursue that to, to go and do your six. Thank week course, you. We're, I think bomb. we're aiming for like first week in Feb to start end of January launch it. Yeah still working because we're doing a 2021 version now so obviously a lot has changed of so course that in there. Yeah. yeah 
Thank you so much for your time today. I feel like you could write a book or we could sit here for hours talking about you because you, you seem like you've lived so many lifetimes in your short exactly. life already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, writing the journal, um, writing the story for the journal, I like, felt like I was just getting on a good roll talking about my story. And I'm like, I can't, this isn't a book, am I? <laughs> you only get four pages. <laughs> I'm actually buying your journal and praying to God I get the golden ticket this year. <laughs> I feel so mean like I'm like literally going like this when I'm putting it in a bag because I'm like it has to be random (laughs) I'm not looking at who I'm putting it in I'm just like putting it in the bucket and putting it in the bag oh my gosh do you know what any one of your customers or your community would be so excited for anyone who got that ticket so I don't think you have to worry about that at all but (laughs) you're an amazing woman and I just admire you even more after having this conversation with with me. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. And I can't wait to see what you do in 2021. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Well, let's just hope COVID isn't a bitch <sighs> and lets me follow my dreams. Oh. I mean, we have the, you know, the next show's booked, but like right now, Every state. states are closed. Oh, well, let's all manifest that at least the April event for Melbourne can go ahead. <laughs> I'm being selfish now. I hope so. If not, I'm going to have to try and find my way to get to Perth somehow to go another one of your events. So, yeah, Thank you was, so much. I'll just have to keep raping Perth. Yeah, I think you will. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> Thank you so much, lovely. And I'll leave really? how you can find M all of her details, her Facebook group, her website, her podcast and her Instagram account um, in the show notes below. So thank you. Thank you. Hey girl, thanks for listening to today's episode. I would absolutely love it if you took a screenshot of today's episode and popped it up on your Instagram stories and tagged me at underscore Candace Barber. Just so I can see what you're up to while you're listening. That would just bring me so much joy. Also, if you have loved today's episode, please subscribe and leave me a review in iTunes or on your podcast app, just so we can help reach more beautiful people. And if you do have a story that you think you'd like to share on the podcast, please get in touch. I'll leave the details in the show notes below. Until next week, girl, feel free to come and jump over on Insta and have a chat, but I will see you next episode.